Welcome to the Sanctuary Podcast. Angel Deer is a medicine man and offers his work on sacred land through shamanic healing, energy healing, sound healing, breath work, plant medicine, and workshops and events. The Sanctuary is a community for all those who seek healing transformation, ancient wisdom, and a place to come together to create a new way of living and relating. This is the Sanctuary Podcast, and this is Angel Deer. Good evening, everyone, and welcome uh, to this evening. Uh, Beautiful event. I'm really excited about it uh, to be with uh, Robin Ross Bennett again. Uh, good evening, Robin. How are you? I'm I'm really great, and I'm so happy to be here with you and everyone who's here and everyone who'll be here with us via the magic of Zoom recordings. <laughs> yes, yes. So we uh, had a talk a little while back, and I really felt that I wanted to bring you back first because, you know, so many people really enjoy uh, all the wisdom that you shared and also because I'm starting to see a lot of common patterns in the people that are coming to see me in my practice, which I'm sure, you know, we are going to discuss that you might see also, which are those patterns of people being very exhausted and feeling that the world is a little bit too much sometimes between the pandemic and what's happening with the environment and climate and politics and economics and social disruptions, just, just a lot. Right. And people are feeling sometimes that they don't really have much space to breathe and the nervous system uh, can be very dysregulated. And so we titled the event tonight, resilience, stability, and the nervous system. And I want to connect that with you uh, because obviously this is your line of work as an herbalist, as someone that's been doing this work for almost 40 years, right? Uh, mm-hmm. To herbal medicine and earth connection. So um, good evening, Robin. And before we dive into the subject, you know, I'm not reading your bios this time because people can read it under, but how would you introduce yourself? <laughs> what would you say about, about you as a herbalist? You're a writer, you're a poet, you're a witch. So I think what- you just introduced me, but uh, yeah. Hi, everyone. I am, uh, I am a green witch. I am an herbalist. I am a, a woman living on the earth, uh, a person like you. Uh, and I am, I am really and I, and I love writing, writing. Uh, so I want to, I'm going to share some uh, writings from books that are already out in the world. And also from a book that's not out yet with you tonight, just little things that relate to our theme. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a, a, a woman in love with the earth and, um, and the earth has helped me become a person who's fallen in love with life. And that was a, a, that was not where I was always at. So I am really honored and so grateful for the opportunity to share with you some of the things that have helped me to find this love of being here in a body on the earth in this wildly chaotic time that we're in. 
Um, and yeah, and just share with you. Thank you. You know, as you were sharing about that love for the earth, I had my eyes closed and I was listening to you and I just had this vision of you as a little girl being in the forest and making potions and just making magic. <laughs> and I don't know if this is true, but I wanted to open the question first with that. How did you start it? How did you start on that path with the plants? And was it something that was always there for you? And then we can talk about today's subjects. All right. Well, I'm going to take a moment here because I want to give everyone a, a, a bit of this beauty, just a bit of this beauty of this orange, fiery, lovely flower. And um, I grew up in the suburbs, not in the forest, uh, with family who did not have a deep earth connection, to say the least. Um, and yet... A funny thing happened that is I uncovered a, uh, we would, okay, so you already said how long I've been doing this. So you know, I'm, I'm elder. I'm, I'm a budding baby cronet at this point, the way I see it. And um, uh, we took home movies, like they were eight millimeter home movies then. And a bunch of them kind of turned up a while back, maybe, I don't know, 15 years ago or so. And one, I had no memory of like feeling connected to the earth or the beauty of nature or this or that. But there I was about maybe, I don't know, I look about two in this, um, I was going to say in this video, in this movie. And I'm two years old. I have no clothes on. And I run up to the camera and I, I do this with a dandelion. And that was the, the way my, my whoever took it, probably my dad, you know, why, how he finished the video. So apparently, yeah, it was there. <laughs> apparently it was there. So, you know, wild in the woods, naked and showing people, hey, look at this dandelion. Look at this amazing flower, everyone. Uh, so, yeah, so some part of me was connected. Mm, some yeah. part of me. And I think for all of us, if we... Um, when we do look back or find stories uh, that others maybe tell us of what we were like when we were little, they can be um, kind of maps for, for who we really are. You know, it can be really helpful because there is that authenticity in childhood, right, that, um, that does. It reveals to us who we actually are. And if we lived in a healthy culture, of course, that's exactly the part that would be encouraged. But we don't yet live in a healthy culture. And so that's typically not encouraged. It's like, Robin, go put on your clothes, put on your high heels, you know, um, get ready to, you know, go into the world and la da 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 da. Yeah. So and what's going on with a lion, right? <laughs> right. And yeah, put down that weed. So, you know, whatever your version of that is. But uh, so, yeah. So yeah, not brought up in the forest. I, I, I found my way to the forest as I got older. Hmm. So I've brought a few herbalists and elders and people that are working deeply with plant connection spiritually and more in a medical way also. I mean, they're both medical ways, just different angles. And I like mm -hmm. to ask, uh, is there one plant that put you on the path because is there one plan that was here at the beginning or maybe it was a bit later on but the one that you felt kind of brought you onto that or is there just maybe many plans but sometimes people have this one plant it's like you no know, this memory or this connection there well um you know 
Yes and no. Yes and no. I I mean, when I was like um, in my 20s and I lived in Northern California and I was out in the redwoods, that kind of just, you know, mm. opened something in me because I'd never seen trees like that before. Right. So that was just extraordinary. Um, but like in a little side moment here with that, just to acknowledge, you know, that we're it's it's all about the relationship. If it was just the beauty outside and around us, we'd all be dancing all the time, right? But like part, part of what I, um, part of my growth was during that time, I came to realize that uh, wherever I went, there I was because I realized I could be depressed in this exquisite landscape. I could be, you know, I could be anything. I could be elated, but I could be miserable, that it wasn't just enough, that it was there. And then answering, so so that is just an important piece of the puzzle. It's your relationship with what you're drawn to, not just that it's, you're drawn to it. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then to answer you, Angel, about specifically when I decided I was going to study herbal medicine, I did have a dream that I was under this tree and and I was in danger. And even though the tree wasn't big or, or you know, old, the tree was somehow protecting me and keeping me safe. And I had no idea what the tree was, but then eventually I met the tree and it was an elder tree. Mm-hmm. So I like to say elder was the first tree that claimed me. You know, that called me and said, you know, come on, this is a path. Come on. I'm letting um, that uh, claiming sip inside me like it's such a beautiful term that you're using here. Um, thank you. I'd also love to just light a candle. Mm. This is a raven, three ravens around this candle. And I just, I want to bring fire into our gathering. And maybe some of you have a candle lit, but I want to bring fire into this moment. Um, Because fire is, fire, because tonight I want to also talk about the elements, the importance of our relationship with the air, fire, water, and earth. So I'm just lighting this candle, and I chose the ones in the raven holder because ravens are such fun magic, trickster um, creatures. And I think that in heavy times, we need to lighten up mm. as much as possible. So you know, Raven, Raven kind of calls us to do that. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because uh, very often, uh, I feel what we've lost is really joy and play a lot. Mm. Right? We, we become very serious along the way. And yes, and our and systems it, are very it, serious. It, our governments, our schools, just just everything, right? And in yeah, traditional it's so culture, serious. yeah, yeah, it's so serious that we have to have even more fun. Yeah, right. And in traditional culture, there's much more laughing and playing, even in ritual or ceremonial context. I feel the ceremonies are much more, you know, inviting to dance and to laugh. And absolutely, absolutely. I, I, you gotta, you've gotta be able to laugh to make it through, and uh, and to make it through with joy. So I do want to. Um, there's so many things I want to share. I know I'm not going to get to all of them, but one of them uh, is: is it okay, Angel, if I just bring it right in? 
This is your garden, your forest, oh, your greenhouse, okay. whatever you want to call it. <laughs> okay, so I want you to um, you all to think about uh, or or it doesn't it's not this moment, but beyond this moment as well. Like, what steadies you? What steadies you? So one of the one of the the things that has steadied me is my connection with the through the pandemic and through you know through losses through through losses of beloveds and and you know various various challenging grievous things personal things as well as big picture things um is my connection with a particular oak tree and uh some of you who know me have no doubt heard me speak of this grandmother grandfather oak tree before but I was doing some chores uh, in, in, you know, late in the day and getting ready to come home to get ready for this. And it was time, you know, it was like, okay, I need to go home. And I was driving and the oak tree called me. And now I know, and you know, that I can connect with that tree in my imagination, but it was like, no, come. So I'm like, okay, I hear, I hear and obey. So off I go, I drive into this place where this magnificent elder lives, which is in this parking lot. Like, so it's already like you, you got to open your mind because this sacred being is in a very strange, and that's only the half of, of the setting of what makes this so weird, but I'm not going to spend our time on that. So the, I said, Oak, is there some message you want me to bring tonight to this circle? Because I really felt that was why I heard that call. And of course, Oak said, yes. So the message was, <laughs> let go that which it's time to let go. Let go that which it is time to let go. And what I want to speak with you about are two meanings of letting go. Two meanings of letting go that I've been thinking about. One of them is pretty um, classic, right? to put down that which is no longer serving you, right? Stop carrying around that old resentment or that own lack of belief in yourself or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, but particularly, uh, maybe a good overarching way to think about it is let go of the limiting stories. Let go of stories that limit you. They don't serve anything and they're stories. So if you're going to tell a story, you might as well tell one that's more expansive. So, so letting go in that classic way of put down what you carry that doesn't serve you. But, and, and I have a personal particular tip around this too, that's just um, my students have found helpful over the years, or perhaps they've been annoyed by how much I say it, but nonetheless, I'm going to say it, um, is stop saying out louder to yourself, it's so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. It's such a common thing, and it's, it's a negating affirmation. It's something that makes it continue to be hard. So I'm just passing that along, and, you know, um, I'm just passing along. Use what serves and what doesn't resonate, just, you know, out it goes for you. But the other side of letting go that I felt when I was with this wonderfully generous oak tree uh, who had, by the way, dropped a very substantial branch 
a very substantial branch was on the ground. And uh, I often stand under the tree. So that gave me a moment's pause, too. Um, and I park under the tree, too. So it's like, hmm, let me, let me think of, let me check in each time I do that. But the other part of letting go is like, stop holding yourself in. Stop holding your authentic self back. Like that's part of what causes us so much distress and exhaustion and depletion and pain is we're not actually allowing ourselves to let go into our lives. Um, and I guess the, so it's like, let go of holding yourself back, let go of holding yourself in. And the plants help us so much to listen and find that path of our hearts that lead us truly that 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 they do right if we will listen to our hearts they lead us where we need to go and i've recently been reading um a book called uh let's see whenever you say a book people like to see it so i've been reading this book heard around the fire and this is um Okay, what the story of this book is, is that this is fire itself, fire, speaking through a chosen conduit, uh, a man named David Wiley, and people like recorded these talks around various council fires over some years. And um, I'm really enjoying it. So, so fire in this book says, I am the path of the heart. I am the path of the heart. And um, what I want to add to this is that, you know how we, all of us, uh, at some time or another, find ourselves saying, oh, you know, I don't trust that person, or I don't trust things will work out, you know, whatever it might be. But what I want to put for your consideration, uh, as my very first spiritual teacher's presented to me many years ago, and they really shifted how I live my life or helped me open the door to shift how I live my life. They said, you're always trusting. Just what are you trusting in? You are always in trust, right? So I was recently thinking about this about a person. And I was like, well, I can't work with her anymore because I don't trust her. Uh, I choose not to because I don't want to work for somebody I don't trust. And then I was, well, of course I do. I trust her to be dishonest. I trust her to be bullying. I trust her to be, you know, blah, 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 blah. And that's not the energy I want to be aligned with. So it's not that I don't trust her. I, I do, right? But it's what am I trusting in? Right? And what are you trusting in? And we need to challenge ourselves, right? We need to, because we're all, you wouldn't be here if you weren't called to be part of the solutions to the time we're in. Right, we know we're gathered because we all want to be um, creatively involved or creatively alive, creatively helpful. And what I've seen is that when you are who you are, which the plants help you with so much, um, and I can get to that in a minute, get some real specifics for you. Uh, when you are who you are, what you do to be of service is becomes ever more joyful, ever more effortless, and it ripples out. So we try too hard when really it's about who am I? What do I want to be aligned with? What gives me joy? 
And I think we need to, like to Angel's point about, you know, so serious. Um, here's something that I almost never speak of in these kinds of settings that I've been thinking about. I want to speak to this too. We need some escapism as well. We need some flat out, you know, like, I mean, you know, going to the movies or, or binge watching some series you like. Like we need some, we need all of the, you know, authentic deep work that we do in the connecting and the meditating and that. But we also need some escapism here and there to relieve the stress, to relieve the pressure. I just went yeah. to see Wakanda Forever. It was fabulous. Highly recommended. I like that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. you know, one of the central system in our bodies is the nervous system, right? That, that is processing information that is connecting all our organs. I see it as yeah. layered with other type of energy system. You know, we could think of the Chinese or the acupuncture system or other, you know, layers, more spiritual yeah. And, yeah. and that. And um, I think, yes, yeah, the seriousness, all the bad words. I like your uh, invitation here to think about how we pray, how we talk, basically, how we talk about each other yes. and about ourselves. what kind of vibration is carried. It's funny because I was writing a post just about that this afternoon and about the work of Dr. Uh, Emoto on the vibration of water. Because years ago, I did this experiment that I was seeing on YouTube everywhere, which is, you know, to cook some rice, that grain, to put it in two jars and to put a love sign on one jar and a hate sign on the other. And every morning to say, I love you to one of the jar of rice, right? And I hate you or you're ugly or, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. bad stuff to the other one. And within two or three weeks, one jar, the hate jar, so the rice become all black and moldy and liquid. And the white, uh, the, the love jar, the rice never changed. In three weeks was still perfect. I was really puzzled I by it. That. So I did it again and again and again. I did four times and four times I got mm -hmm. the same result. And it worked on rice. So I was like, wow, on me, yeah. on you, right? On the tree. Right. Um, yeah, what you were saying. It's so hard, right? There is truth in it. Sometimes life is hard, right? But what is oh, it? Yes. What is it that I want to send to something that is suffering? And if I've well, paid and not right, and and joy doesn't preclude grief. I mean, grief mm -hmm. is essential. Grief, grief is a sacrament. Grief unfelt is you know festers and uh, makes us ill. And you know, so so I mean, at the early in the in the pandemic, I went to the oak for some counsel, and mm. one of the things Oak said that I will hold forever and share forever is. And Oak said it very, very slowly. I'm going to say it slowly. Joy is medicine. But joy is a large enough container hmm. to also hold our grief. It truly is. You know, it truly is. So I don't, to, to make it through these times healthily, happily feeling um you know intact not falling into the uh you know the powers that be want us to give up want us in despair or want us numb and all of that so how do we not you know how what what alternatives do we have so um 
I want to share like a few plants and a few simple rituals that have helped me and others uh, with the thought that they might be helpful to you. Mm. Um, so just even for one, ex not just for, for the first example, I like to carry around, um, my labels aren't fancy, all my apprentices, their labels are much more beautiful than mine. So, you know, there you go. But so like here, for example, lavender water, spray bottle, little glass bottle of lavender tea. Even right before here, you know, I just sprayed myself to be, you know, kind of calm, right, before speaking. Um, I bring it with me places I go. So maybe like there's some, you know, a grumpy, I don't know, cashier or gas station, somebody's going to put me off, right, if I'm not, um, you know, if I'm not in myself. So it's nice to bring, and I actually have found times where that grumpy cashier or the one with the headache or whatever, I'll offer them a spray and they usually say yes. They usually say yes. So, you know, you can, something simple like that, right? You can use an essential oil if you prefer and put maybe, I don't know, rough five, ten drops in a couple of ounces of water like this. I do recommend a glass jar if you can. It's nicer, a glass spray bottle. Um, when I'm traveling, I'll use essential oil, but in a typical, just carrying it around for a few days, I'll use the, um, I'll just make a nice tea. Drinking lavender tea is really, really helpful to, uh, for heartbreak. If your heart's been broken, lavender is a wonderful healing, um, plant for that. You don't need to have a broken heart to enjoy drinking lavender tea though. It can help you sleep calm you down, and so forth. Well, we're just um, thinking that the world is breaking our heart a little bit every day. So we probably all need a little bit of lavender, right? <laughs> yes, and absolutely. And indeed, it is, it is, it is breaking our hearts. But may it be breaking our hearts open? Mm. Right? Because one of the things that I have seen is that the only heart that can't be broken is the heart that's already wide open. And so, you know, we are in pain from lack of feeling connected to one another. Like, you know, I, I mean, I, I have a, a nephew I love so much. And he said to me, why would I care about them? I don't know them. And I was like, oh, my God, that's a really common attitude that I, I can't even like fathom it. But that is a real his real question. He also said infamously to me, uh, you witches are so lucky. All you have to do is go outside and you're happy. He was he's like, I wish I could do that. So, yeah, so just go outside. It does help you become happy. But back to the heart. Um, another really easy thing that everybody can do is to make yourself a jar. You can buy it, too, and support support local herbalists. I have a whole bunch of those on my resources on my website and in my books. But this is a jar made by one of my students. See, look, see how much nicer her label is than mine. And um, it's rose honey. Mm. So this happens to be made with fresh roses, filling a jar, don't wash them, fresh roses, covered with honey, cap it and let it sit for at least a month. Now, it's cold, at least where I am. You might be from here from anywhere. I don't know. But um, you can do this with dried as well. 
You can, if you're doing it with dried, let's say it was this size jar, you would fill it up about maybe 25% full with the dried roses and then 100% full with the honey. And you just want to stir it up like so you get the honey gets all saturated with the rose. If you could smell this, you would swoon with me. It's so gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And you can eat it by spoon, you can put it on toast, you can I use it for facials. Um, so rose, you know, I, I actually almost misunderstood, uh, Angel, when you were saying at the beginning, like, is there a plant that opens the path? I thought you were saying, is there one plant on earth that does it for everybody? Oh, like, no, oh, just for you. What is your plant? Your ally, right? Your right. first. But if I had it, if I had to pick one that everybody could use, it would be rose, hmm. right? And rose is famous everywhere in the world you know rose grows in siberia rose grows in the tropics i don't know if rose grows in antarctica but it grows in siberia right rose opens the heart and rose has those awesome thorns right so it's like rose teaches us what's our yes and what's our no right what we say yes to what we say no to because they're equally important right Right. Like if I say yes to myself about something, I mean, if I you know what I mean, I don't need to explain that. Right. I mean, if you have a question, put it in the chat and, and Angel give it to me. But, you know, every choice is a, there's a no to something and a yes to something else. Excuse me. <coughs> so, you know, the heart, our emotion have a yes. huge impact on our nervous system. Right. Oh, now we are rarely feeling and yeah yeah um, yeah yeah let's let's put it in the in the nervous system yes i i'm forgetting that's right kind of no no name. that's okay I, I like we should start by the heart right i'll finish always finish by the heart but i i feel you know everything in the world in many ways consume the resources of our nervous system right? attention that is asked from us you know stress uh fast life pace fast pace right so many things kind of drain a little bit the system and we don't often i mean maybe in our world we talk more about it but very often i rarely meet people that think about recharging nervous system strengthening nervous system you know balancing the oh okay that's essential yeah you that's know because absolutely. it's like such a function yes we think about belly we think about clearing our colon maybe or doing a cleanse of the kidneys and the liver but the nervous system i feel sometimes yeah maybe a calming herb right okay i'm gonna take lavender it's going to calm me but i'm thinking also about all the herbs and allies that could really help us to increase that resilience right to to like you say to not fall off our center in a world that might yeah. take us out of it right well what what is essential is to come into yourself a hundred percent what is essential is to be in yourself that then you can walk through the world with everything and anything that's happening and you are so full of you that the world does not pull that out of you the same way. And this is a, you know, this is a path of experience. We have to walk this to, to have that happen and we have to be working on it. It doesn't, you know, it's not encouraged, right? So it doesn't just happen. Um, but, you know, the, the nervous system, say, for example, controls the pace at which the heart beats, right? So 
the thing about the nervous system is there is no other system of the owl. Okay, I'm sorry, I have to pause for Yolanda's um, fabulous uh, unicorn thing there. Thank you so much. Um, the, the nervous system touches everywhere in the body. There isn't another system that isn't that it doesn't touch. It is part of our digestion. It is part of our sexual organs. It is part of our cardiovascular. It's definitely part of our digestive system, right? So the nervous system is the key to our health. The nervous system is the key to our resilience and our stability. Hmm. Um, so let me share with you my favorite preparation of all, which is to make a strong herbal infusion. So this is my kind of everyday thing is to make a big jar of the herbs that I am, you know, needing or wanting um, for maintaining my nervous system. So this, for example, is the reason it's empty is because I've drunk it all except for this cup, last cup of it. But what's in here is um, three herbs. I'll say them all and then talk about them. What's in here is oats. oats it's oat straw and tops, Avena, A-V-E-N-A, and um, sassafras leaves, sassafras leaves, and hawthorn berries. Mm. This blend is not only sensational tasting, right? All dried, all dry herbs. So what I did was I put this ginormous amount of herbs. See the hawthorn berries? I know you can see those. Right. And the oats I actually grew for the very first time this year. So these are my own oat straw that I harvested. I'm very excited about that. And the sassafras I do collect in the woods. Mm. Um, so I put a large amount of the herbs in. I have like lots of recipes in, in online and in the gift of healing herbs, but I can give you one. I'll give you one for this. But and then I cover it with boiling water up to the top, tap it and let that sit overnight. Right. And then when it's ready, I'm pouring off the liquid. I am squeezing out those herbs to get all of that goodness from them and then reheating it. If you like I do usually um, to drink it. Right. Very delicious. And Hawthorne. OK, if there was one plant only and there so fortunately is not. But if there was one plant, I would tell people to make sure to incorporate into their lives right now, it's hawthorn. Hawthorn is very protective. I think I spotted something in the chat. You might want to pull up Angel about the thorns. Mm -hmm. um, so so uh, think about it this way. Ro hawthorn is like Rose's mother. I think of hawthorn is the grandmother and Rose as the mother, right? The big open hearted. And then, and then some of the other Rose family plants like strawberries are like the, the child. Um, so hello, kitty. Um, so Hawthorn has enormous thorns, right? So where Rose has so many and definitely like you need to, you need to be super respectful if you're going to harvest Rose because you'll get caught, you're bleeding. Right. And again, that's kind of we become what we take into ourselves. Right. So the plants, here's here's one of the key reasons plants help us so much that I've discovered. 
plants know exactly who they are. They know who they are. They know what their gifts are. They know what they're here to give and share. And so when we take them into ourselves, they help us with that. They help us know who we are. They help us uncover our gifts or have the courage to share gifts we already know we have that we've been holding back. Right. The plants, we ingest them and then we assimilate that incredible blessing of self-knowing and self-acceptance too, because, you know, it's like that oak tree doesn't wish that they were uh, a willow. Oh, I wish I was slender in life. Like yeah, they're not neck. jealous of the next tree or <laughs> no, oaks wish like, they oh, were somewhere else. Pine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pine looks great with those evergreen needles. I don't have needles all winter. I don't have leaves all winter. Mine fall off. Right. But no, they're totally cool with whoever they are. So they help us be cool with whoever we are. Hmm. And again, we live in a culture that encourages us to, you know, feel threatened by everybody who seems to have anything we don't have or, you know, have anything together that we don't have. And ah, let's not buy into that. Like, let's not buy into that. Let's learn from the plants, this coexistence and to be inspired by me, to be inspired by your gifts and you to be inspired by mine to find our own. Right. And again, it's a, it's a path to walk. There's no, none of us is like there. You know, these are, these are, these are practices. These are paths that, that, well, I'll speak for myself that I, I walk that have made life more rich and juicy and magical and yeah, healthy and healthy. So Hawthorne will not only keep your heart healthy, but those thorns kind of help you create a sense of your being as sacred space. Mm. Right, your body, your energy field, whoosh, those thorns are intense. And that's just a little bit. Hawthorne helps your digestion. Hawthorne helps with lifting out of depression I, and really helps. It's very protective in the time of COVID, very protective in the time of COVID. So Hawthorne, I highly recommend you get to know Hawthorne. Um, potent tree, very sort of um, uh, unassuming looking tree. Doesn't look mm. like much, right? Interestingly, yeah, yeah. right. And then the sassafras is sassafras uplifts the spirit. Mm. Sassafras is is like a herbal antidepressant. Sassafras definitely uplifts the spirit. The root is the part that has traditionally been used, especially as like a spring tonic. But I use the leaves because I like them better. I like the taste better, and they're so abundant. So if I don't have to take the roots of a plant, I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, if I need it, I would. But just to give you an idea, if I was mixing some root in with my leaf, I would put maybe maximum of 5% root to 95% leaf. Mm-hmm. And when I started, nobody sold leaves. Now some of the herb shops sell sassafras leaves too. I like to think that I helped that happen too because they. I've talked about it so much in so many places for so many years. And um, I mean, I harvest mine when they're falling off the trees. And the leaves are so magical. It's one of my favorite leaves out there. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think you're, I think you would really, really do great with sassafras, Angel, Mm. to help that uplift. Because also when you are, and maybe some of you are too, you know, when you're counseling a lot of people, 
right? And hearing a lot of uh, grief or abuse or this or that. Yeah, it can, you can get a little mm. overloaded. So sassafras lifts us up, but at the same time helps the lymph. So really immune supportive, helps the lymph, helps the skin, helps the liver. If I was thinking in terms of elements, I might say that Hawthorne brought in like a fiery element mm -hmm. and Sassafras more of a watery element. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, you know, and, and earth helps us with being present, right? And water helps us being a little um, looser, you know, to flow more, more readily. And the third herb in there is the other one that is my probably highest recommendation for resilience and stability of the nervous system to use like again and again, like a food. And that is the oat straw. Mm. The only person who should not use it is someone who is celiac. Many people who are gluten sensitive have no problem with drinking the oat straw. Okay. Mm. Um, but if you are that person, you're highly gluten sensitive. Uh, what I would do is I would not make it as strong as I described. I would make a lighter version and I would check it out, you know, little by little and then feel how does this feel in my body. For many people, it's absolutely fine. But if you're one of the people that it isn't, well, then we'll find something else for you, hmm. right? Because nature gives us so much abundance of nervines hmm. and we need them. We definitely, we've always needed them, but never more than now. Now we really need them. Right. So, um, so that's what's in my teacup is Hawthorne sassafras and oat straw. And it's about a half a, to this half gallon jar. It's about a half a cup of Hawthorne berries, a cup of oat straw and a cup of sassafras leaves. It's just a, you know, a free, free floating uh, recipe for you there. You could drink any one of them by themselves and you would be really happy to. Right. Like if, for example, if your if your nervous system overloads or, you know, anxieties go into your belly, a lovely remedy is to mix that oats with lemon balm. Mm. It's a really nice one, a half and half for the, you know, for the when you take it, you take it in the in the belly. You're listening to the Sanctuary Podcast with Angel Deer while you're listening. Browse the website at www.thesanctuaryheal.com. So there's one one plant that we were talking about before we connected that I really love that for me, I believe saved my life, uh, which is St. John, St. John Ward. Ah. Um, I got really obsessed. So I'm going to share a little story. I got really obsessed by that plant when I discovered what it looked like when I started looking up close to that flower, to those leaves, and then making tinctures. I got in this couple of years journey with that plant and exploring and being taught by that plant and, you know, harvesting a certain time of the year and doing rituals with it. So it's probably like your oak tree. Oak tree came later in my life, but St. John was one of those plants that kind of, with, I think with nettle, that put me on the, on the path of really listening deeply to plants. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about it because I know it's also a very important plant for, for the nervous system, right? And really important in time that we are in at the moment. 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, thank you. First of all, thank you to Hypericum St. John's for saving Angel's life. Mm. And secondly, um, Hypericum is the botanical name and the one most frequently used is Hypericum perforatum. But I've been playing with other species and finding them also really, really excellent. So one of the ways to think about, I, I call it St. J's. One of the ways to think about St. J's is, uh, it's non-binary, right? So St. J's is, St. J's likes to live on the sunny side of the street, right? And it invites you to come to the sunny side of the street, right? So when you're in shadow uh, too much, right? She'll say, come on, come into the sun, come into the sun. So I want to encourage you also, touch is so healing, in general, but certainly so healing to the nervous system, respectful, loving, kind touch, mm. obviously. Um, so one of the things I do is I use St. John's wort, St. J's as, um, as a body oil regularly. Mm. So this is a beautiful oil to put on yourself. It can be on places that hurt, you know, your neck is stiff or your back or what have you. Um, but also just, I use it as a, as a moisturizer. You can buy it um, or you can make it, right? I make mine in olive oil. I do, I do things in the folk, like the folk way, or kind of the simpler's way. Um, very, uh, very user-friendly. Um, in other words, there's a lot of ways to make herbal medicine. Some ways are very complex and, you know, you weigh this and you measure that and you know, I don't do that. I feel that the um, the proof is in the pudding. The sim my simple medicines, they work really, really, really well. And I come to the plants with love and respect. If I've bought a plant, you know, and I'm using that, then I'll just say my gratitudes over that dry herb that I bought, you know, and I, of course, I do my best to buy uh, from places where they're being harvested, you know, with consciousness, with awareness and gratitude. Um, because like Angel's story, right, of loving that rice and hating the other rice because you could barely believe that it really, that's the thing is, you know, you've worked with energy and ritual and magic for so long. And yet there's still that little doubt that comes in, like, is energy real? Is, does, is this real? So, you know, I love that you told that story because in addition to it revealing how true it was, it also reveals that no matter how long you know, and deeply you've been doing something, of course doubts come in, right? Of course doubts come in. And so I don't find that spirit likes us to try to get it to prove itself, but nonetheless, sometimes- Not very much. <laughs> no, and, you know, but they were, they were nice to you and let it, let it work uh, in a way you couldn't miss, which is great. Like, and I'm so grateful when that happens, when something happens a way I can't miss. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know, Angel, I could keep going, uh, but I also wonder if, is it a, a good time for you to kind of check the chat and see if there's things? Yes, people some people are, you know, asking, there was this beautiful question about the rose. And I, and I like plants that are like that, uh, plants that they have a very sweet side, a very lovely side, like the rose petal and the flower, and then you have the thorns. And someone was asking, can we consume all of it? the whole part of the rose, you know, I guess from root to flowers. Um, and also do we need to use a specific type of rose that's for consumption or can we use just pretty much any rose or even I'm thinking even white roses out there. 
uh, and kind of the use that like you talk about the petal and the flowers, but the use of the thorns, right? I'm thinking me, I always think, okay, can I make a tincture just with a thorn and use that for really strong protection, right? I'm thinking more the mystical, yes. spiritual way or yeah. like nettle, right? Right. So this is a hawthorn thorn. That's hawthorn, yes. Everybody, that's a hawthorn <laughs> thorn. And uh, I always like to put um, a hawthorn thorn in my tincture when I'm making it and then take it out. I'm not going to drink this. I'm not a sword swallower, right? But I do like to put tincture in it when I'm making it. Just the only caution I would say, and if you want to do it with just the thorns, you could. Um, but I kind of think of think of it more like, look at the plant. The plant, if you're going to do it, that thorn is in context, right, of the flowers and the hips. But, you know, whatever you're guided to do, I, I got no argument with it. But you might want to, you know, put a thorn or rose thorns into a, a, a bag, an amulet bag. Or, but be careful about wearing it because, you know, you'll get, you'll get um, stuck Definitely. with them. Uh, but yeah, I love to put thorns in my medicine to bring in all of that different energy. So let's go back to those all those many fine questions. Um, so my favorite roses to use are wild roses. Hmm. And all the, the one caution I would put to you is be careful not to use any sprayed roses. You don't want to like get roses from the average florist and make medicine with it. Um, a guideline I can give is always check that it's got a strong scent, right? Because you might even have beautiful roses outside that don't have a scent because they've been so highly bred. So you want you want the roses that have a beautiful smell, whether they're white or they're pink or they're red or they're yellow. I generally am using pink and red roses. Um, I can't I can't grow enough. I don't I buy some roses too for sure because I also like rose tea. Um, Rose tea, rose baths are beautiful for the nervous system. And yeah, it is a question of building and soothing, right? Building, strengthening, and soothing um, both. Um, yeah, so I think I got all the, the questions. Yeah, ah, so it. different parts. You can definitely use the leaves of rose, make lovely tea, and the stalks. I haven't personally worked with the roots, so not that I know of, which doesn't mean I'm sure there's herbalists out there who do. Uh, and lastly, I'm a huge fan, especially in winter, of the hips, right? The hips of the rose, the fruits of the rose, those are beautiful for our kidneys. Mm. Kidneys, you mentioned Chinese medicine angel, kidneys hold, in Chinese medicine theory, they hold the jing or the life force. And they're also the organs that get most challenged in fear, like mm. the lungs with grief and the kidneys with fear. So if fear, you know, is taking up too much uh, space in your being, rose and rose hips could be really helpful along with the nettles Angel mentioned. Mm. Nettles um, strengthens the kidneys. So if we think of it energetically, then we're also strengthening the life force and we are countering right the fear and remember that you can't let go into a vacuum so if you're looking to let go of fear or let go of anxiety then you've got to put something in its place mm. it's got to have some something else that is there for you so maybe it's 
wonder. Like, you know how it could, it could from one second to an hour, it could be like, oh my God, I wonder what's going to happen. It could become, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. You know, I mean, it just says one possibility, right? Yeah. Um, but oh, curiosity, curiosity, wonder, these are really good energies for us to cultivate. And every single thing that I'm saying to you are things that I work on myself, right? That I need, right? My first teacher always said that you always teach what you most need to learn. Mm. So I tell you what I tell all my students, you know, if you want to know what I'm working on and what I'm challenged by, just listen to what I'm teaching you. And that's what it is, right? So, you know, I'm not on any pedestal. I'm walking the same path. We're all in this together. Yeah, like that, and that that energy, you know, I I want to kind of bring that and weave it with rituals or meditation and connection. I feel it's such an important part. You know, I think I was writing to you this afternoon, hey, I want to make sure we don't talk about plants just like uh, we're consuming them, right? We're like like consumers of them, right? Obviously, it's not the way you walk, Robin, and you have this amazing reverence and connection right like like with a person right to those beings yes so can you talk a little bit about uh how do we bring that into our everyday life right into our teas into our you know we can do big ceremony with them but really bringing that level of ritual and sacredness so we kind of really call in that plant spirit that we really connect to it and it feels welcome to connect with us because it feels seen, I guess. It feels respected, you know, honored. Yeah. Yeah, that's gorgeous. I think I always think it's good to start simply and to start with well, and kind of to end simply too. Um, I, I think it's it, it, make it whatever you do, make it doable. That's the first thing. Like so set yourself up to succeed. Like and so like when you were saying those examples, what I thought was, do you know, it could just start with thank you. Hmm. Like if I remember to say, thank you, Hotham, thank you, Sassafras, thank you, Oats, as I'm putting that in my jar, thank you, water. I mean, how lucky am I that I have water coming out of my tap, right? And, and fire for boiling the water. Like really starting with thank you is a beautiful prayer of connectedness. Mm. And if you in your honesty or like, I don't really feel that way, then try it on. Like not, not really like fake it till you make it, but like try it out, right? Because maybe some, the scientific part of your left brain goes, but I'll feel silly. Like, that's okay. That's okay. You know, or you could say it quietly if you feel embarrassed, right? Because we've had this natural relationship cut out of us, you know, pulled ourselves away from it. Uh, We've been pulled away from it rather. And what I've seen uh, is that things that feel like, oh God, that'll take forever for me to open to that. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's like, it's so much a part of our, uh, how we've evolved with the plants who are older than us. So that's another beautiful way to start with the elders. The plants are our elders. They've been on the planet far longer. What I really want to encourage you to do is to ask, Mm. is to ask, is to ask them for guidance with what you need, with what you need. Mm. You know, ask them. That's, you know, so 
Is that a ceremony? I think it's a ceremony. It's not maybe set aside and a right, but it is a it is it's a, a ceremony of life, right? It's our life becomes a ceremony, right? It's making it. Yeah, yeah. Recently, because... someone said to me, "I really want to believe in magic, but I'm not sure if I do. You know, is magic real?" And I said, "You know, that's not actually the point. The point is that reality is magic." The point is reality is magic, and how do we reacquaint ourselves with this truth? And if you doubt that, I mean, watch a bee pollinating a flower, watch a, you know, a baby being born, uh, hold the hand of a person you love as they leave their body and die. It is, you know, form becomes energy and energy becomes form. This is a, like a part of our everyday existence. And we're not seeing that that is magical, you know, so it's we. And if if you want that, then you ask, ask spirit to help you see the magic. Ask, ask, you know, drink your, your, your dandelion. And at dandelion brings light in the dark to the dark spaces. So like, if you're in a dark place, Dandelion is a beautiful medicine uh, for you. And the thing that I love, think of those golden flowers. Yeah, I was asking, I going to ask you dandelion flower or leaves or roots, because, you know, there's different ways to prepare. And the answer is leaf, root, flower. Yes, yes, yes. And I mean, yes, physically, they do different things. If we want a quick summary, root, this is a really quick general summer, right? Every part of dandelion helps the lymph flow. So every part of dandelion will help your, your spirit flow, okay? But the root is more active in healing the liver. The kidneys are more active in nourishing you, vitamins, minerals, and also strengthening the kidneys. And the flower is most active in relieving pain that's been stored, emotional pain stored in the body, and also, again, in moving lymph. Mm. Um, so yeah, so dandelion is a really, um, I had a, a shaman, a, a really gifted shaman, uh, studying, uh, with me once and, uh, the students, the apprentices will have a, a plant ally that comes to them in meditation for the year. And hers was dandelion. And she was so disappointed. She's like, I'm working with, you know, the power plants and dandelion. And I always remember her project, her final project presentation at the end of the year, because she kind of looked incredibly abashed and humble. And she hung her head and then she looked at us all and she said, Dandelion kicked my butt. Right? Dandelion kicked my butt. What I've learned from this plant is astounding. So every plant has such mm. profound medicine for mm. us. And sometimes we don't even take it into ourselves. Um, however, like with my oak, I've started drinking more oak bark tea because oak said, you know, Robin, you need to grow a little more bark. You need to grow a little more outer mm. coating. I'm like, okay, thanks. Thanks. I'm sure I can use that. Um, but back to the rituals and back to even that original question I asked you to think about and feel into, but what steadies you, right? What steadies you um, for me, that is ritual is is a part of it, like daily, everyday, simple things. So one of the things I wanted to share with you, and this is um, 
one of my books, The Gift of Healing Herbs, is I wrote ceremony and ritual as an integral part of healing. And introducing this chapter is Jean Houston saying, I, I won't read the whole thing, just little little snippets here. One of the most poignant human hungers is the need for ceremony and ritual. In its elemental form, this need is located in the deepest, oldest parts of our brain. Right. And this opens up new dimensions of our mind and our spirit and our body. So here's just a I call it simple ritual to greet the day. And a, a spoken word earth chant. And I really do this every day. Mm, a slight, you know, I vary the words, but basically, good morning, day. Good morning, day. Dearest earth, air, fire, and water. Hello, it's me, Robin, your daughter. Below, above, and the center. Mother Nature, you are now and always my mentor. From below and from above infuse me through and through with love help me walk in joy the whole day through as i walk in harmony with you what this does is put me in touch with the reality under the drama of the day mm -hmm. right the reality under the drama of the day this is the gift of healing herbs plant medicines and home remedies for a vibrantly healthy life. And it's got lots of rituals and recipes and, and um, it's sort of a culmination of about 30 years of, of, you know, being a student of the plants and a student of life. I'm a Sagittarian, so we're, you know, eternal students. And, um, you know what I love when, uh, Sorry, no, when you were no, sharing that, that in uh, morning prayer, you know, I, I was feeling that you are putting yourself in relation, remembering right? we are in relation, right? But there was this very clear moment where I suppose you said, like, you remind yourself and you remind all of it that you are in relation, right? And how it is placed. I felt like this is where I am. And I'm your daughter, like really calling for that relational kinship and alliances, right, and support. Right, and, and when you do those things or something like that, right, we're talking less than five minutes, mm. right? And it is a way of asking, because I don't, what I look for is I, I look for um, the, the commonalities, the, the things that show up everywhere on the planet. Right, where, where people are living in kinship with nature. What, what do I see that's everywhere? And the things that's everywhere is the plants as teachers, as well as healers, and relationship with the elements. And in that book that I talked about, so I think this is essential to find our way through the times we're in. So it's our relationships with ourself, allows us to have healthier relationships with each other and a really wild but true thing that i've recently been really realizing is that deepening my relationship with plants has helped me have better relations with humans mm -hmm. so that's just kind of great um and the the uh, what was i saying the the work with the I don't remember what I was saying, but uh, coming in back into it now, the 
I feel like it's, what was I saying? Yeah. All right. If it's important, it'll come back in. It always does. The, the commonality of working within the sacred wheel of the elements is everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. And mm. I believe that it is one of the most important things that we can do. Yeah, this was it in the time that we're in is learn who we are in our relationship with the earth, the air, the fire, the water. And one of the really intriguing things I read in that book I held up at the beginning teachings around the fire is that fire says the elements are the basis of our energetic connection mm. with each other and all things. So I love that. I'll be, I'll be kind of playing with that one for a long time to come. So you can feel, so, so how you might do this, right? Like maybe you don't have a medicine wheel, maybe you don't, you know, but you have water, right? You could, your altar could be as simple as putting water in a beautiful glass, right? And asking water to help teach you what you need to learn from water, right? Earth, it could be some soil or a beautiful stone, right? Or, or that flower, right? Earth, right? I want to deepen my relationship with you. You could ritualize this further by, you know, creating an altar to that element or crafting um, a work of what I call spirit art to that element. But the essential thing is simply sincerity of wanting to deepen your reciprocal connectedness mm -hmm. and there they and the plants and the animals everybody is just totally standing by going just ask we really want to help you humans we really do just ask but we have to ask mm -hmm. right we have to humble ourselves to ask you know and yeah yeah so Fire, I mean, you feel what it is for you. I, I, and it's going to grow and change and shift no matter whether this is totally new to you or you've been on your path for, you know, decades. It's still always unfolding. But just I wrote out just a couple of things, right? Um, that, that came to me about earth teaches, you know, how to be here, right? how to be here, how to be in a body how to feel, right? And that gives you back your senses, which is really important, right? To trust your senses, your feeling, your, your sensations. Um, air helps to illuminate, you know, it helps to lighten up. It's like the, the dawn, right? The, the, the new beginnings that come again and again and again. Water helps us with not only with releasing and letting flow out, that which we need to let go, but also with dreaming, right? Water is dark and the divine feminine and the grandmother energy of, of dreaming, imagining. And that's how we bring new pathways into being. It all starts always in the imagination. And then fire is that wonder, that heart path, that curiosity, that passion, right? Curiosity is like uh, the child version of the adult passion, right? What turns you on? What excites you? 
So, and then the way that I learned and what's very um, vital in my thinking is that those four elements, the, the, the medicine wheel, the wheel of magic, however you want to call it, is our, our, the circle becomes a spiral as it moves through time, as we move through time. And that by, because the circle is held from underneath, which is akin to, and I, I want to actually, I want to invite you to feel this. Close your eyes a minute and just imagine for a moment. We, we, we would normally do this at the beginning, but it's never too late. Like we invite the air to bring in that light energy of new beginnings and illumination and feel that air in your breath. We invite and welcome fire to come into our circle and bring in the energy of curiosity and alchemy and warmth and passion and to spark that into each of us here in the circle. We invite in the energy of water. Invite you and thank you for bringing in the wisdom of water, the wisdom of the flow, the ebb and the tide, the coming to be and the passing away, the sunset that's across the wheel from the sunrise, helping us to trust the releasings. And we welcome you, Earth in the North, place of the living and spirited planet that we're all a part of. We welcome all the diversity that is you, the plant people, the animal people, the insect people, the stone people, the waters, the mountains, everybody, everything. We welcome the earth with deep love. And feel now that circle around you, just even not only around all of us, but like your personal wheel around you. And then imagine the spirits within and below. I thank the spirits within and below for holding our circle from underneath. It's akin to the place of the ancestors. It's also akin to that place where we drop our bones and flesh when we leave our bodies time and time and time again. I also want you to consider that the within and below place that holds us up is akin to the vastness, the spaciousness that's inside you, right? That large essence spirit that animates you from within. And it's, the, it's akin to, to that place to go down and in to retrieve yourself and your own wisdom and to cultivate yourself your authentic self. And I welcome the spirits above to our circle with deep gratitude, the stars that we also come from, the ancientness that we are, the sun, the moon, the stars, the planets, the comets, the beings of star spaces, star places. And I always imagine the future generations in the above the circle place. And above is the place you can spiral up and out to have the more expansive unifying picture of anything you are 
looking at or considering or contemplating or struggling with. So the below and within, the above and beyond, and then coming back to the center. And I invite you to breathe into wherever feels like your center right this moment. And as you exhale, share from the uniqueness that you are into the center of our circle. Because the center of the circle is the place where the uniqueness each of us is, joins together into the oneness of all that is. So on your next inhalation, breathe that integrated oneness into yourself, into your nervous system. And exhale out as it uniquely comes through you, your love to the oneness in the center of the circle. And one more time, because I love threes, breathing that center of oneness, of love, of great mystery, whatever we call it, goddess, God, awareness, mystery, just breathing that in to nourish and feed the uniqueness of your center, which is so needed. And again, exhaling out from your unique perspective, sharing your energy with the oneness in the center of the wheel itself. And even imagine for a moment all those energies just kind of weaving inside you. Air, fire, water, earth, below, above, and the center. And the center is also the void of all becoming. The womb of the goddess, the place of creation. And even perhaps take a moment to feel if there is an element you feel particularly called to mm, work with or play with or align with or one that's hard for you. And we're all made of all of them. And this earth is all of us writ large. So I think the really important thing of this moment that's occurring to me is for you to remember and affirm that you are supported by enormous energies. And they're available to you at any moment. And though you or I, any of us can feel disconnected, we actually never are. It's not possible. Not while we're breathing. It's not possible. So you never have to make it happen. It's more of 
releasing that which may be keeping you from feeling that interconnectedness. And maybe there's a message one element in particular has for you right in this very moment. If you ask. So I'm going to release this circle now, even though it's always here, by our love and gratitude to the spirit of the center, to the spirits above, and the spirits within and below, and our love and our gratitude to the earth in the north, the water in the west, the fire in the south, and the air in the east. So our circle is now open yet unbroken. Blessed be. Thank you. I've traveled deep and wide and far, and I feel like I want to kind of close our time and live with that beautiful experience. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to, you know, I just want to thank everyone that's here tonight and that's listening, but I want to give you the last words and the last, you know, take the time you want, Robin, if there's anything else you want to share. And I want to thank you so, so deeply for the time tonight and the wisdom that you shared and medicine that you carry. Um, mm. Thank you so much. Thank you, Angel. Thank you. And, and yes, we need all of our medicine. We need all of us, all of us. So here's a, I, I've been writing haikus since the pandemic. So here's one I wanted to share with you. I have, I have several, I could keep you here a little bit longer yet. Um, it's your space. Let's see. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. And you can leave if you need to leave, but this one is, um, this is a little fun. Experience teaches. That felt good. Do more. That felt bad. Do less. This path leads to contentment. <laughs> Sometimes it's just that simple. <laughs> Right. So now you know my life philosophy that I'm really trying to live by. That felt good. Do more. That felt bad. Do less. Yeah. Mm. Um, I also wanted to say, um, I'm going to read you the third stanza of a three-part haiku. And uh, thank you. I'm glad you love that. Um, it's called Partings. And I'm going to read you the third part because it feels like the relevant one to read. It's wise to learn to trust endings. They make space for new goodness to grow. I also want to say, and I won't go into it because of the time, but I do want to say that working, if you're not currently working with um, your relationship with the moon and the moon cycles, I highly recommend that. Because it's a beauty, the moon is a beautiful helper for helping us to hear our inner voice, discover our own rhythms, learn how to, when to hold our energy dark, when to shine, 
So the moon, I have a lot of resources on that, but um, I write a lot about it in Healing Magic, mm. a Green Witch Guidebook to Conscious Living. And um, there was one ritual, so I absolutely wasn't planning to just share this right now. I was planning to share it way earlier, but I'm going to say it because there's at least one person who this will really uh, speak to. Releasing grief, this is a ritual. Go out, that was given to me actually by a native, um, a Hemis Pueblo elder named Lucy Yepa Loudon. Go outside to a place where you have total privacy, or at least a reasonable amount, if total privacy is unavailable. Dig a small hole in the earth and ask Mother Earth to help you as you release your grief. The grief can be over a specific thing or a general feeling weighing you down. And then cry into that hole. And let that Mother Earth receive your tears. But simple, but deep rituals like that are can be really helpful. And the Earth will receive and compost for you to make fertile soil for the garden of you, garden of you. So, and then the last thing I want to, I just have to, is all right. Um, Oh, okay. It's two last things. One is this, just, you know, yes, be deep. This is my journal, my beautiful, as my owl writes it up. Yeah. But also make yourself laugh. Like make yourself laugh. Isn't that fun? I can't look at that and not laugh. So um, the last, last piece is I like to open books and just see what they open to for wisdom. So that's another really simple ritual you can do, like to start your day. Maybe for some of you, it's a tarot card or it's an I Ching or what have you, but really you could do it with absolutely any book. And so the book that I'm planning to publish in the spring, I did like with the oak. I said, what's a message for our circle tonight? And here's the, the what I open to for you. And I think this is a good way to end. This is... Um, the illustration that goes with what I'm about to read you. Not by me. And it's a, it's a little four by six book it's called The Green Witch's Pocketbook of Wisdom. Um, so each page is like a one line with a little explanation. So here's what I pulled for you. As we come home to ourselves, we inevitably come together to create a healthy world. As we come home to ourselves, we inevitably come together to create a healthy world. And the little underneath it is, when we are at peace inside, at home in our own skin, we transcend our sense of separation from others and realize we are one in infinite forms. Everyone, human and more than human, matters deeply. Hmm. Oh. I know you know that. There's so many level of knowing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now we're and now we're all learning to live it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank Just you. Remember, Robin. we're all in this together. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you, too. Blessing Thanks, to you. Thank you, everyone that was here tonight. We'll publish all the links of the books and the websites for Robin um, in the follow-up emails and under the podcast and everywhere we're going to publish this. Much blessing to you all if you are listening recorded and the podcast. I invite you to see the video so you can see all the beautiful drawings and books and everything there. 
and uh, everyone has a wonderful end of the year and holidays and solstice. Yeah. And much blessing to you all. Thank you, everyone. And I will be having an online solstice ritual. Sign up on my new- for my newsletter if you want to get, you know, updates on things like that. Perfect. Okay. Thank you, Angel. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. You have a beautiful evening or rest of the day. Thanks. Much peace. Have fun and have fun. You've been listening to the Sanctuary Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, we're a source of talks about spirituality, personal transformation, energy healing, shamanism, and earth-based practices. For more, visit thesanctuaryheal.com. On the website, you can find out about our events, our retreats, healing offering, our spiritual blog, and you can also register for the newsletter. Again, visit thesanctuaryheal.com. Till next time, this is The Sanctuary Podcast, and Angel Deer signing off.